Ascent Podcast. Hey everyone, Matthew here. Before we begin today's show, I just want to remind everyone of this month's sponsor, Whale Street. Whale Street is the DeFi engine that powers NFT economics on a massive scale. They make huge currency swaps happen, or whale swaps as they're called, with very small slippage costs and without crashing the system. They also engineered the largest ever NFT bundle and fractionalized it into the historic B20 tokens. Whale Street is all about upside, so dip into the liquidity pools for rich rewards. For B20, join discord.com slash whale. That's discord.com slash W-H-A-L-E. And follow Whale Street on Twitter at Whale Street O-F-F-L. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, it's Matthew here. Welcome back to the Matthew and Rizzle Show. Really excited for our episode this week that Rizzle and I recorded with Chris from Effect.ai. As you'll hear shortly, uh, Effect.ai is doing all the things when it comes to AI and crypto, blockchain. It's it's really, really deep and really exciting. Chris does a excellent job explaining all the different moving pieces. Rizzo and I tried to pull on each of those threads to give everyone a deeper understanding of what Chris is doing over at effect.ai, but I don't want to spoil the amazing conversation that we had. So without further ado, I'm really excited to share the conversation that Rizzo and I had with Chris from effect.ai. Okay, Chris, welcome to the Matthew and Rizzo show. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, so to get started, really interested to hear a little bit about your background and for you to unpack everything that you're doing over at Effect AI. Yeah, certainly. It's a lot to unload. Uh, well, my name is Chris. Uh, I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders of a Dutch-based European project called Effect.ai, a uh, cryptocurrency project on the blockchain. Um, yeah, our token symbol is EFX. And uh, we're, we're essentially building uh, the future of work. Um, we've built uh, a big smart contract stack that allows uh, members all over the globe to join our platform and work on what we call micro tasks. So these are small tasks that uh, are, are related to a lot of the times data science. Um, and uh, in data science, language is very important. And uh, uh, so is uh, visual stuff like images. So we do a lot of image labeling. Um, we do uh, tons of language work. So translation work and transcriptions and subtitles. And that's all on the blockchain. So all of these things are transpiring on the blockchain. And we just keep on building out this smart contract stack and this network, this decentralized network um, for, for people to get involved. Now, we call ourselves Effect.ai, uh, AI being artificial intelligence because a lot of the data that we do structure is used for AI processes and, and building AI models. Uh, but it's not uh, just for that. There's many, many things that people can do that we've realized uh, on this platform. To date, we've done about 9 million transactions on, on the blockchain, uh, paid out tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for the work that we've done. We work with clients like Kraft Heinz, the United Nations government of Singapore on our platform. Um, and yeah, it's our vision and our mission to just change and scope the way that we all work together here. So we've actually built a DAO as well that's part of our governance uh, to allow the community and the people around our project to kind of have a say in uh, how we do this. But yeah, that's some of the elements. Uh, I, I don't know how much I should actually un unbox from this crazy project, but we got a lot going on. And uh, if you want to check it out, the URL is effect.ai. 
Chris, I, I know you've uh, done some events in the Token Smart Discord already, and our, our audience loves you. And that the primary focus of that has been, a, I, I guess, I don't know if it's proper to call it like a side project or a spinoff project of what you're talking about now. But uh, while we're talking like big overview and everything, I'm curious to know, like who we had a bunch of people sign up to start working on your platform already, which is how I, I got on this track. Uh, where do you see like the most traction in terms of like who is using your platform the most, like, you know, what workers where are getting the most payouts or, you know, who, who are the power users? Yeah, this is a great, great question. And uh, it's really relevant to this space because if you remember like a year ago, year and a half ago, even two years ago, you have DAP radar coming out and you see all of these DAPs and, and all of these big projects that you think have all this throughput and all this stuff going on. And turned out there was really nothing going on. People were excited about like a thousand transactions a day. Um, so with, with us, it's always been our, our key um, uh, mission to really build usable products that people are using to earn cryptocurrency and, and build these things out. Um, and so what we have done is we've built the, the effect network essentially, and you can build kind of services and dApps on top of that. And so we've produced many of these services. So we have stuff like effect translate uh, that uh, is a translation engine, a pipeline uh, that, that incorporate translators from all over the world. We have about 1500 translators and they're all working right now today on work. Um, they get paid well, very well, so well that we had one person uh, buy a house uh, last year, an apartment uh, nice. from from Russia. So they pay very well. We have Dutch workers on there. We have uh, people from all over the globe working as translators uh, in about 10 different languages that, that we're working on. Um, we also have a, a very special DAP or a project that's running on top of the Effect Network called Effect Pieces. And that's kind of how we connected as well um, through a social initiative of uh, collective uh, crowdsourced art. So also on our project, uh, on our platform, we, we can basically put any task up there, anything that you can imagine that a human can do digitally, we can kind of put that up there. And we like to have them very small, less than, you know, five minutes, uh, even sometimes just a few seconds each. We created some simple drawing tools. We've cut up images from some popular artists in the NFT space. And uh, we've partnered with the United Nations and World Vision. And we have refugees repainting these pieces and putting them back together again. So uh, this is another use case of our platform and how humans can tap into it to, to gain and earn cryptocurrencies for jobs. We also have social media engagement campaigns, which is a beta a product that we've just basically been building out the last two or three weeks. Uh, that's called Effective. So any company in the world that wants, well, it's not even company, it's really geared towards crypto and blockchain companies that we believe in. If they want to get real social, social media engagement, then we have actual human Humans and we just post links, people go in there, verify and prove that they've commented, liked, retweet, joined, or whatever that may be. Uh, very high quality engagement from our workforce because they're vetted and they have to go through qualifiers. So that's another one that we feel is going to be absolutely huge and feel that thousands of people can join our, our platform to work and earn cryptocurrencies because they're on social media anyway. So why not get paid for, for engaging with your favorite products and uh, projects? Um, that's another one we do. Uh, we do image labels. For, for automotive uh, insurance companies. You know, there's a lot of accidents out there. So we have bounding boxes and we're tagging and labeling different things on that. We've done uh, Google map images for uh, the government of Singapore. So there's just, there's tons of different uh, products and services, but we've built this in a way that
that anybody can actually build out those templates, those interfaces, and and uh, use our network and tap into this human global network of individuals uh, to do their own thing. So it's not just for Effect.ai and, and the services we have, but it's really an open platform for anybody to build on. So we're looking for people to, to come compete against us in translations, maybe, you know? Um, we just want as much usage out of the token and out of the network as possible. <laughs> Chris, I love your project, man. You're like, we got license plates. We do the Singapore <laughs> translations, the United <laughs> Nations. We're helping refugees. Uh, <laughs> dude, <laughs> I love it, man. It's, it's astounding uh, what the, the scope of everything that you're doing. Um, man, I didn't mean to cut you off, man. I, if you have a question or anything, uh, how, how many people you got working for you, man? Just real quick. Um, so right now, I mean, you, you're going to see like, uh, and I can't help but bash other projects because we're, we're just real, right? We love bashing we don't, here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we don't inflate our numbers. So I saw this other like uh, project who said they have 4 million users and 4 million wallets on their 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 like work platform. Um, th there's nobody on their platform and there's no work because I tried to download and work on it. It doesn't work. We have 8,000 and 8,500 registered workers and probably a couple thousand of them are very active. So, um, yeah, that produces quite a bit. So that's what we have right now. But really, we, we're growing. So we started off for the first couple of years. We had about 2000 people on the platform. But over the course of the last 18 months, we've just been onboarding like crazy. And these are not just these are specifically not crypto people that we're onboarding. So we post uh, job applications on LinkedIn and all over uh, <clears throat> and post them all over the world to to acquire the talent that we need for the clients that we have. So we, we yeah, we, 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 we need high quality, good people in these different places. So uh, yeah, so high quality, great people on our platform, real work, real stuff going on. It's just like so many different threads. It's almost a question of like <laughs> which thread to pull on to dive down into. Um, but sort of starting from the higher level, one of the things that I think is really impressive is just the, the combination of, of human and technology that you guys have going on. I mean, in order to train all these systems, you need an incredible amount of, of human beings to help label and categorize and structure and organize a lot of the data sets that need to go into um, like AI or like these machine learning algorithms right so i'm just curious like long term is this is this something that when ais get trained enough is there a point of departure from the the humans that have been doing the the labeling and the structuring and the training behind the scenes where like the ais will be self-sufficient to support your like enterprise clients and, and other clients or is this something where based on your experience, you think that like, there's always going to have to be this human connection uh, in terms of training and, and data structuring and stuff heading forward for this sort of approach? Yeah, that, that's, that's an excellent, excellent question. And uh, it's always one that, that we debate and, and talk about the, the different timelines of the advancement of uh, these artificial intelligence systems and mm -hmm. the role that humans will and can play going into the future. So currently right now, there are many different algorithms that can label data very effectively and efficiently. Um, you, you have all kinds of processes like Google Translate and these different translation engines that are, are doing machine translations and they're getting better and they're getting better each and every single day. Image labeling, um, very, very well-trained models out there to, to identify just about anything um, right now. But what we've really concentrated on over the last couple of years 
is putting together kind of this pipeline of humans and algorithms working in tandem to actually create uh, more complex systems, yeah? So that's how we're working right now. And we really feel that humans have a role here um, for many, many, many years, if not many decades, where they will be working in tandem, just like on the conveyor belts in the fourth industrial revolution, uh, you know, the upgrades of these machineries until they completely automated and took over. Uh, we feel the same is very, very true for AI. Uh, I think it's still gonna be a, a long process and, and many years before, um, yeah, before AI is doing most of the work. Um, but that said, it, that's always up for debate and, and it's fun to watch the advancement of these systems. Um, but yeah, humans definitely will play a role um, in, in many different things. Like take translation for, for instance. Uh, we really thought twice about stepping into this space. It's a, a $49 billion a year industry, the, the translation market. Um, and it's full of competition. And we thought, is there any way that we can do this better? And like in a microtasking way, doing what the algorithms are doing for like Google Translate, we said, how can we kind of have the humans doing the same thing as validators, just this human in that model, like a human in the loop of, that, uh, of those models. And I think that's where humans are going to play the most vital roles, uh, and they are right now, is just being that human in the loop of the process. So just validating and verifying that, that the, the machines are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, and if they're not, then just resubmitting that information to be tagged and labeled by humans or just trying to fix that model. So the human in the loop model will be something that's around for, for at least the next decade. Um, so yeah, it, it will come. The time will come where AI just takes over almost everything that humans do. Um, and that might not be a horrible thing. Maybe we can learn to love each other a bit better and, uh, you know, uh, do things a, a little bit more consciously uh, when they're doing all of this repetitive work that <laughs> makes a lot of people crazy. We can get more creative and, and have a bit more fun. But yeah, that's a, it's, a, it's a fun question that we get to, to talk about all the time because we're really at the forefront of how work is changing with uh, these systems. So, yeah. Dude. You've made the comparison before, and, and it's the easiest way for me to think of it for people who are familiar with Amazon Mechanical Turk and they're like micro tasks. And this is uh, I, I'm not trying to like trivialize it, but like somewhat of like a crypto, like decentralized version of that. That's like more accessible to people around the world. And I'm I'm just wondering, man, like how did you see what like Amazon was doing and were like, I can, you know, make a better mousetrap or did you have some like you know, unrelated or, or related background to like artificial intelligence. Uh, you know, I, I guess like the, what I'm trying to get is like, what, what the hell were you doing before this man that like got you <laughs> to this point? Yeah. So, so my, my background, uh, I'm a, I'm a professional kickboxer. Um, so that, that's basically my background, which gives me all the credentials necessary for building a decentralized network for artificial intelligence, of course. It makes sense. Um, it all makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I have a various background as a serial entrepreneur. Since I was a little kid, I was, I was building little businesses here and there, and I have been all over the world. And, and one part of one of my previous lives, I, I was a, a kickboxer in Thailand fighting Thai guys and, and getting hurt and giving some hurt as well. Um, but uh, one of my students in Thailand actually owned a digital agency in Amsterdam. And uh, one time I was visiting, I met with him, had some drinks with him and his boys. And uh, his boys are 
heavy, heavy into artificial intelligence and uh, big time users of Amazon's Mechanical Turk. So they, they structured all of their data sets with MTurk. And uh, as I got to know these guys a little bit better, we started philosophizing these different ideas of how to incorporate, you know, AI systems, if it was ever possible to, to, you know, create some kind of a framework on the blockchain to create an open and transparent democratized artificial intelligence development network. And um, yeah, these guys are so smart. They started writing technical white papers and, and figuring out how to do this. And what's funny that you mentioned Mechanical Turk, if you look back at the beginning of our project, uh, the name of this project was Effect Mechanical Turk. <laughs> so <laughs> we were doing exactly that because once I started studying exactly what Mechanical Turk was, because these boys obviously knew it inside out, I started finding out about all of these social uh, parts of that platform and how horribly Amazon and Peanut had Jeff Bezos had done with this uh, platform. So um, yeah, we, we really went after them on that kind of a message saying like, this is a very unfair marketplace. There are labor um, warehouses of children doing these micro tasks. And we need to make sure that this is open, transparent, verifiable, that that stuff isn't going on and be responsible to make it workers first, you know, not clients first. Um, we believe that if you look after the workers, the people that are, are participating uh, in, in, in working for the clients that you have, that that'll result in great work. Not the other way around where Jeff Bezos and Amazon's talking about uh, customer first. Um, I think it's a recipe for a, a, a disgusting imbalance in the universe. So um, yeah, that, that was really where the passion of this project came from. And we're still very much on that passion um, uh, roadmap. Uh, we, we are in blockchain and in this project for all the right reasons, banking the unbank, all of these things that everybody used to say before the big profits were somewhere there. Um, you know, working with refugees, the social aspects of this technology, um, we're, we're very much uh, all about that. So yeah, it's just a decentralized mechanical Turk essentially with a whole bunch of different, um, different parts that, that, uh, are encompassing there, but yeah, that's essentially it. And I mean, on that possibility of what you guys are doing, building out like the future of work and thousands of folks that are interacting uh, with your service on the, the support end, like providing the work, doing the work and getting paid for it. Uh, in some cases, like you said, enough to, to buy a house, which is, it's kind of bonkers to think about. Um, one of the things that I've been kind of interested in especially when it comes to like this digital work um, up until now, I know you mentioned Mr. Peanut head and mechanical Turk and how <laughs> a lot of their workers have been um, treated, not the best. Right. And a lot of the work that folks are doing in the digital realm has just kind of been invisible, right? Like you do work, maybe you get paid um, and then you can tell someone about it and maybe you can put it on your CV, but it's like, it's this invisible thing that somehow isn't tracked or hasn't been able to be tracked until now. Now we see like with uh, another project out there, Brian Flynn's uh, rabbit hole um, saying that like interacting with specific smart contracts is sort of like your, your resume online. Right. And it feels like what you guys are doing at effect.ai with a lot of this work, since it's being combined with being paid um, using crypto um, and this kind of record of being paid for work is, is being accrued by these individual workers. Like this digital CV of sorts is sort of being built out or the underlying data that is needed to compile a, a truly digital uh, CV is, is being created. I'm just 
curious, like from the worker's standpoint, and being able to present the work that they've been doing in, in a manner to kind of get them more work in the future or to prove what they've been doing during this time. Have you guys been thinking about how to kind of um, carry that out or provide that sort of service for employees and stuff like that and be able to carry their work that they've been doing for Effect That AI beyond the walls of Effect That AI? Yeah, you 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 absolutely nailed it, man. Um, the, this is deeper thinking, man, and this is the 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 fun aspect of this. So, if you read our white paper, we really talk about like the the um, using the blockchain for a repu- like a decentralized reputation system, you know. Um, also, using zero knowledge proofs when people are participating within the network, but on the the outside for them personally, being able to compile the data that uh, shows and represents the value that they've given to any given network. You know, we really feel that the effect network can be a network that that many different projects and companies use for various different types of jobs and tasks uh and yes workers uh, will be able to to you know have that catalog of of proofs uh to be able to show people um so yeah we're we're well on our way to to those different systems working very hard on the research of zero knowledge proofs um the the decentralized you know validation systems and um uh qualification systems so these are all things that are being drawn out by the technical team uh but they're the most important parts right to 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 be able to showcase these things into the future so uh, it's one thing that we give that right and the same thing with the cv it's just a broken system right it's hard to track it's hard to trace same with certificates but being able to showcase that on the blockchain and and showcasing uh that it makes it uh much easier uh to to verify but uh yeah, through our smart contracts, we're we're working towards all of that decentralized uh, those those decentralized uh, systems. It's incredibly complex, though. So you've seen a lot of people, including ourselves, that that came out. Even our platform, like when when we were going through each worker that was registering, we wanted to make sure that the validators in the system uh, didn't know which ones registered first, last, you know? Um, so, so we had that kind of uh, sporadically um, placed in our, our, our uh, platform, but it makes it really, really tough to, to um, work with all of the different softwares and systems that are important to use. So we're working towards that. And yes, for sure that the whole objective is this is to make sure that uh, it's all about the workers verifying the workers, uh, you know, past and present uh, workflows and make sure that that reputation is connected to them if they wish it to be. Dude, in, in terms of like the the scope of everything that you're doing, uh, like I'm just curious, like what sticks out to you in terms of like either like unforeseen consequences or like success stories or, you know, I can only imagine like launching this entire thing into like the metaverse. You, you know, you you got some idea of how you want it to shake out, but there's got to be like some sort of like twists and turns that come at you that. Uh, you weren't entirely expecting. So I, I know you said like the one person was able to, you know, buy a house in Russia, which is amazing, man. I never heard like anyone on Amazon Turk get more than like, you know, something at the corner store <laughs> by the time they're done working. Uh, so yeah, man, I, I mean, this is like a tremendously ambitious project. Uh, what, what's What's come along the way that you weren't expecting? Yeah, that's a great question too. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, man. Uh, you, you, I got uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome just uh, even thinking about all of the things that uh, 
could have gone wrong and did go wrong. Um, there, there was tons and tons of stuff there, but there obviously it was countered with a bunch of successes. But one of the big things, especially like going after Amazon, I'm thinking the message is getting across. We have thousands of people joining our network. We have, you know, workers. And I thought that I'd just be able to step right into the MTurk universe and get all those requesters and say, why the heck are you using this unfair, horrible mm. system? Just come over to our platform and get it done. That didn't work out so well. And that's kind of why the different products and, and uh, services that we offer, because people just weren't coming over to the platform. Um, you need to give them enough of an incentive and uh, like 10% cheaper might not be it. And especially on MTurk, that wasn't our, our whole goal. Our goal was like, we, we have a minimum wage that we pay our workers and anybody that wants to put tasks lower than that uh, are not accepted on our platform. So we didn't really have that angle. The fair angle for businesses was not so much a thing. So we needed to figure out how to pay the workers fairly on products that we can either beat in price or quality. So we looked at the translation market we said listen we can smash the the smash the the expenses there because it, it the, the margins for translation companies are like 80 or 90 percent and so we thought if we're just paying the workforce then we got that covered uh it was all about the quality then so we had to do some testing and and we got that uh going and so yeah we're just experimenting but now it's becoming really cool because instead of like the the effect mechanical turk where you know we're posting tasks all the time we want to make this a framework for for anybody to post tasks anywhere, you know, at any time. So essentially, it's not even just about the the um, the catalog of workers and worker reputation and and worker experience, but it's also um, a catalog of DApps and services that other people have been able to actually place their own tasks onto the blockchain with our framework and and build out their own services. But um, yeah, along the way to answer the question, my goodness, man, you know, we, we raised some funds, uh, we lost some funds, uh, we've gone through, you know, uh, uh, some, some people on the team, um, you know, it's been ups and downs uh, throughout the whole entire journey. And we, we know this is going to be the, the, the case for the coming years, you know, I don't care how big and, and successful we get, there's always going to be those lumps and bumps that we got to take along the way. And that's what really sets us apart from, I, I think, most like projects and teams and, and people period uh, the guys that I work with the crew that we have at effect.ai these guys can take lumps and bumps better than any Muay Thai kickboxer in the world um, our technical co-founders um, yeah absolutely incredible people uh, doing it for the right reason uh, very very passionate about this and so we'll do whatever it takes to to to, to make this happen no matter how uh, smashed up we get but it's really the community and the space that we're working in that drives that passion that when we do get knocked down it makes it very easy to get up when you know what you're working towards and our vision is just a more fair open environment for people to work all over the world the internet was like this incredible letdown right um you know with all of these legacy banking systems like good luck you know onboarding people on a, a product or service you know from many countries a lot of people don't know this but amazon's mechanical turk it's only in like 23 countries go try to register an account it's all americans and people from india that makes up 92 percent of the uh amazon mechanical turk workforce well, so when you're I was looking gonna at ask different... you dude like how come you don't think everyone i i would have come in at, with the same uh preconceived like assumptions that you did i'm like you know better product better pay why doesn't everyone just immediately jump ship like i would assume you know nobody has like extreme loyalties to amazon uh what, what do you think like the biggest barrier was like a, a crypto literate thing 
Um, I don't think it was crypto literate because we could have made, uh, you know, these processes uh, very easy for the onboarding. Our clients have no no qualms or problems with with setting up stuff. If a programmer wants to build out their own templates and designs within uh, our platform, Effect Force, they can do so. Um, but there is many there is many reasons why. So first of all, on MTurk, it's been around for 12 years, so people are used to it. So it's just that kind of a thing there. Um, there's always that that and it's not loyalty so much. It's just like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I remember one client saying, listen, even if you saved us 30%, um, our shareholders wouldn't do it because we're with these guys. They're who we know. And that's what we've been doing. I was like, it doesn't sound like great business to me, but, um, there, the other reason is we would get a client for like, let's say image labeling. And we just weren't ready for that yet. So we would all hands on deck. We build out all of the technical aspects. We do a bunch of image labeling. We go to start to promote the image labeling. And then somebody comes back with bounding box annotations. So we go, oh my God, that's a new one. So it allowed us to build all of the different things that even Amazon doesn't have. So those are all at anybody's disposal if they want to build those businesses. But there was almost like it was too many businesses in one. Just like talking to you guys right now, you guys say it's a lot to unbundle. Um, it's a lot less than what we had uh, in the scope of things <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> so we had about, I don't know, you, you could say it was about a hundred different services. And now we've windowed it down to like two or three really hot ones that we think we can uh, not only make some some margin and make some revenue, but we can also start, you know, feeding that, that workforce more consistent tasks uh, ongoing in these industries. So um, I think we're a little bit lucky that it didn't work out for us because uh, if that did, it would have just been a very different project. And we're very passionate mm -hmm. about allowing everybody to build on this and building out this framework so others can, uh, you know, create these tasks and, and have these interfaces at their disposal to, to kind of create them. On that topic of, of future tasks for this decentralized workforce that you guys have been accruing, it seems obviously like translation, um, like orienting a lot of the folks towards social media engagement, sort of like more traditional or like not so unfamiliar tasks has been uh, where you guys have been orienting around. But I'm curious, like um, heading forward, are there any under the radar or like super nascent areas that you think you could focus that workforce on to create um, like digital work that could be sold on digital marketplaces, crypto art marketplaces or, or things like that. So that that's uh, another great question. And um, we've philosophized and thought of thousands and thousands of products and services that humans can do in the digital realm. Um, and it really, it really is up to, is there a market for it or do you really want to attack those? So one of those things that we did do was uh, we did cloud annotations for a space company. So space companies have these satellites out in outer space and uh, to connect it to uh, the internet and download images costs a lot of money. And once they've downloaded them, um, that's it, you know? So, um, they wanted to build an algorithm to be able to identify if there was clouds in the image or, or you know, um, you know, things within the image that, that didn't make it good enough. And so they would have to, you know, redo it without downloading and spending that money. So we work with them and we built out this whole big interface on effect Forest, And we had a lot of our community just, you know, drawing over these, these uh, images, uh, which one day I'll showcase um, the, the overall results of that, but they built the algorithm, they got it done, but then that product is finished and it's done. Right. So there's not enough like cloud annotations out there to, to, to keep on doing this. Once the algorithm's there, then, it's done. Um, but we have all kinds of different ideas. But where this is really neat 
wherever others think that they can build something is, is what we're really attracted to. So I had a couple of calls this week, people saying, wait a minute, didn't realize this is what you guys were doing. Can I do an image labeling uh, um, project to be able to structure data and put it on the ocean protocol? So uh, the guys over at ocean, I know them well, Trent and, and all of those boys, uh, I, I know very well. And uh, we thought, of course, you know, we talked about it two years ago, me and Trent over beers in Amsterdam saying, you know, like the, the data cleaning, what we offer uh, is an essential step to data sets and, and making high quality training data sets. So if you have even just one data set and want to place that in and, and, and have that enhanced and have those labels, um, you know, structured even better for more of a high quality, then something like Ocean is beautiful. You buy a data set, you know, and then you can restructure it create more value, create more insights, and then place that up for, for a higher value. So there's certainly things like that that uh, are, are very attractive for, for different individuals and possibilities for the future. Dude, it's amazing, like the scope of what <laughs> I keep coming back to that. I'm like, geez, dude, there's like so many moving parts here. But I mean, I would imagine that that's what it comes down to uh, in terms of like, you know, you get to f sort of play catcher for all these cool projects and like interesting concepts that uh, basically need a, uh, you know, workforce uh, to complete these micro tasks in order to uh, achieve what they want. So, you know, I'm just curious, man, in like in real time and, and Matt's question is actually what got me thinking. I'm like, shit, dude, we probably got things that we could probably like use your platform to get people to do. So I'm like, if I if I came up with something, man, and I'm like, all right, I need definitely like a thousand people to like, you know, sift through something. It'll probably take, you know, a, a couple seconds each. But we've got like, you know, 10,000 of these things that need to be like, you know, these widgets that need to be inspected by, uh, you know, someone out there like what what's like the low effort way to get rolled up onto your platform and and get some help from some of the people who are working on it yeah that's an excellent question too so we've made it very easy throughout the whole entire process um and depending on who you are and what you're about so obviously with a client like Kraft Heinz we do translations of millions of words for these guys um millions upon millions they don't care how it works they want to send us that data they want to send us those documents they want to send us those videos that we're doing subtitles on uh and they want to retrieve that that uh you know the results so we we have like those dapps that that I spoke about you can basically just put in your document and it's just a website effect translate you put in your document and you get it back so it doesn't matter about like how that's actually happening when you pay for it what we do is we put that into our little trading algorithm and that goes and buys the efx at the best price that we can find across our exchanges and then we dump that into the platform to pay the workers so that's how we do it in like an automated and, and kind of an easy for for just uh clients Alternatively, you can buy up the EFX token you, yourself and you can go and you can build your own little interface and uh, tap into effect force. So that's just going right into the, the human uh, workplace. You could curate your own workforce. So let's say you're looking for only Spanish speakers or you're looking for only people over the age of 40 um, or you're looking for absolutely anybody. Um, you can go in there, curate the workforce. You can build out your tasks. So we make it very easy for you just to build out the instructions. You say these are it. We have generic templates and we have a whole bunch of other templates that you can use. So if it's specific to image labor, labeling or um, audio transcription or anything like that, then you can build that out. You can use that template and it's already there. If you can write code, then you can build your own thing. Like any, any Amazon Mechanical Turk uh, 
um, template, you can just uh, copy over into our, our uh, system. And then you can do that. You can set the EFX rate yourself and attach your wallet to be the client or the requester. Um, so that that's the next step if you want to do that. And then the next step, even from there, if you have this ongoing and want to create a company around it, um, then you can just build your own uh, interface on top of Effect Force. So you structure all the tasks, the instructions to the workforce, but your clients are coming through that uh, or your materials are going through that interface as well. So um, it's, it's pretty dynamic, but it, like just for the audience out there, if you do have like a big data set, you have images you need labeled or you, you have some translations or whatever, just pop it over to us uh, in, in any way you want and, and we'll take care of it for you. But um, if you, you want to do it with the EFX token yourself and purchase that yourself and get that onto the platform yourself, then we'll also walk you through the whole entire thing if you need support. Right now we're in the um, phase of building out all of the documentation for this because it's all possible, but it's not really well documented. But here's an example, effect pieces, chopping up these, these pictures, putting them onto the workforce, having refugees draw them in and earn cryptocurrencies for their contributions. That was built by uh, a totally separate team than our team. You know, it was something I wanted to build <laughs> myself. I asked my tech team, I said, listen, I need to build this. And they said, Chris, you need to bugger off with all of your ideas because we don't have time. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm finding somebody else. And I legitimately uh, found a, a random team of guys that I didn't know. I asked about their expertise, uh, you know, and they built this in a couple of weeks. So effect uh, pieces and everything that's transpiring there was built in a couple of weeks on our platform. And you can think about a product and service like that. When we start pitching this to Coca-Cola and other people to, to be able to get their logos crowdsourced and put that up for auction for charity, uh, it, it's, a, it's a pretty tangible and pretty interesting concept if you want to pour a bunch of time uh, into promoting and making that big. So yeah, so th that's how easy it is. Like a couple of weeks for a simple service, as long as you know what you're doing and you're, you're willing to go out there and get clients, you can really start your own you know, decentralized service uh, right on top of our network. That's so insane, man. I, yeah. I did sign up for an account after your presentation on Monday and I'm excited to sort of tinker around a little bit. Yeah, so uh, just just to mention that, so we, we saw you register in there. We had a lot of registrations, by the way, uh, since uh, uh, promoting this on, on uh, TokenSmart. But um, yeah, so what we're going to do for you, because people can register without an account. So this is really, really important because blockchain is a bit bulky and stuff like that. And people can start working on our platform for credits, right? And then they can attach a wallet after you know, once they've seen some tutorials or we've helped them out. But what we're going to do with you and the other member of Token Smart that, that won the EFX, we're going to make an account for you, like an EOS account, an EOS wallet. So don't worry about making one if you haven't already made one. And we're just going to attach it to your account. So you're like fully up and running. You actually have the cryptocurrencies. And uh, yeah, we'll make sure that you're able to reset your private keys because on EOS, it's a bit, uh, it's done a bit different. So it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting. So if you need help with that we can figure that out but we'll make an account so you can start earning really effects you can put that onto exchanges do whatever you want with it um and make that happen dude you know i know i gave you a hard time about being on eos and for real no judgment because i understand completely that you need solutions that allow you to make like really low cost you know high volume of transactions and everything but i i know you had mentioned that you had some concerns over like the viability of the eos blockchain and just interested to hear your thoughts on the pros and cons of that uh whether or not that's like your long-term solution or if you're going to eventually switch to a different blockchain or like a layer two e 
chief solution or just sort of like, yeah, curious to pick your brain about your blockchain philosophy based on what you've experienced so far? Yeah, that's a, also a great question. So when we started off, we looked at uh, all the different blockchain projects that were out there and, and uh, really try to make an educated choice on, on what could potentially be the future. Um, we actually flew out to Shanghai and met with Dai Hong Fei and, and the whole team over at NEO after we, we kind of released our white paper and they were really interested on in having us on board. We looked into the code and the different developer uh, tools that were on the, the NEO side of things and they weren't too good, but we knew we could add value there and build them. So we built all of the developer tools for NEO. Uh, and, uh, but then it just didn't work out for us. There was many times where the blockchain shut down, <laughs> like it stopped. Um, so that that's not good and, and definitely not good for business. And it just wasn't going the direction that we wanted. And we've always claimed from the beginning, we're blockchain agnostic. We just need the technology that works for our clients. We're not thinking about tribalism. We're not thinking about um, anything other than what works for our technology. So we were invited to the EOS Hackathon in London, uh, my two technical founders and myself. And um, uh, it was absolutely eye-opening and absolutely incredible to be a part of such a, a huge event. There was uh, 700 participants and uh, uh, we looked at this as being a, a good potential. It was free on the resource side, so we could do transactions for free. Um, and uh, it just seemed to work and it seemed to be going in the right direction. Uh, so we migrated there. Um, it was a, a pretty big deal to to make that happen, but we made it happen. And um, so it works great. The EOS blockchain um, works incredible um, for the, the needs that we want to have all transactions, hundreds of thousands of transactions on chain um, and uh, yeah, half second uh, block times. It, it's fantastic. The problem is the community um, has kind of, yeah, dissipated into not very much other than block producers. And these block producers are, are really playing a zero-sum game with trying to earn EOS for, for producing blocks. And what it was really supposed to be about is these block producers get voted in. And to, to get voted in, they need to produce stuff for the community, right? And so that's what we love the most about it, but it just doesn't work right. So some of the biggest exchanges uh, are out there voting themselves in, voting their friends in. And now there's not really much being built. So I really feel it's a broken system. Dan Larimer, the creator of EOS um, and BitShares and Steemit, uh, he's recently left Block One, the organization behind. So yeah, that, that was the big, the, the, the needle that broke the, the camel's back. When he left, it was like, all right, you see what we see, right? So let's cut all the bullshit. Um, yeah, things are not so pretty over here and nothing's being developed and we are having to develop all of our own tools. And we want to participate in an ecosystem of people that are building out the future of decentralized systems. And there's just, there was nobody to play with there. Uh, it really harms us on attention as well. The second that I talk to like Ivan on tech or somebody like this, you know, privately and say, yeah, we're building on EOS, you know, and they're like, oh, well, why EOS, you know? And, and uh, you know, anybody I talk to it's the same issue and the problem it's like what uh what yeah, we're just not over there now there's no fees right so like, like right now there's there's 50 50 dollar uh gas fees on eth uh ethereum is much much better but this is the whole mturk thing right it's first mover advantage people are on eth and and that's where they're going to stay and that's the clear-cut winner um you know because it has the developers it has the community and it has the first mover advantage um but there are big up-and-comers you can see with uh myspace and facebook you know there are things that can be taken over uh there are things that can be taken over 
and uh, we believe there's some blockchains out there that that can be the the one. So we're we're always actively looking into to the solutions. Uh, obviously, it's hard to to build a whole new smart contract stack, but yeah, obviously the Ethereum ecosystem is very attractive to us. Um, the second layer solutions are plentiful and there's a lot that work great. And we've had calls with a lot of these people and we've also had calls with a, a bunch of other blockchains. We're in the space. We know a lot of people. So we've talked to Elrond and, and uh, all of these other things that are coming up um, and always just keeping our eye out. Uh, we're, we're, yeah, yeah, we're, we're keeping an eye out. So we're, we're happy with how the blockchain we're on is going, um, but we're, we're exploring where there's a community that we may be able to fit into better um, and and play ball with the the bigger players because we we legitimately feel that we should be at the top of this mountain uh, you know when it comes to projects and uh, yeah being on EOS we we just lose that a little bit yeah and I mean I feel like at this point it's just all about experimentation and being open to the next potential solution uh, and not closing oneself off uh, regardless of, of where you may be currently. Um, so th I think the game is still in very early days, um, like first inning, whatever. Um, so there's a lot of time to, to make those upgrades heading into the future. Isn't that so excited? We're still in the first yeah. inning. Like a few years ago, That's I was crazy. telling people like, they're like, uh, I've missed the boat. I was like, dude, the boat, <laughs> the, the materials for the boat haven't even been like uh, found yet. <laughs> Truth, man. So it's like, it's not even in the Harbor. Harbor's not built nothing, you know? <laughs> and to think about it, I think you can safely say that, yeah, we're in the first inning. That's a great analogy. This is inning number one and people just don't get that. And, and that's why like the passion that we, we bring to this project in this space, it, we know we're still at the very forefront of this because we know all the projects that are being built. We know the blockchains. We know the people behind them. We know that it's still in the early, early, early days. And we're just so, so excited to play in that, uh, in that ballpark. So yeah, fun times, man. Yeah, totally. And, and sort of like the, the last question I wanted to kind of toss out there. Um, I know we're, we're getting crunched for time at this point, and this has been an awesome chat. But since you guys are building out this distributed workforce, and I'm just curious, with the, the token aspect that's been implemented, rewarding folks for their work, uh, I'm still imagining there's a need for the, the good old fashioned kind of human touch or check ins or, or some sort of community management, potentially to kind of just keep them activated and there and, and ready for when tasks do become available. And I'm wondering if you have any insights on that front, how to kind of interact and, and keep the, the decentralized distributed workforce kind of excited and, and there in, in, in your corner. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, really great question and really important. And, and uh, there's not much emphasis on, on this and I'm not asked about it, but um, I am so incredibly involved with all of the workers. So all of them, every single one of them. So what I do is every week, all of the translators that are working on the high level stuff, I get on a call with all of them. I'm talking hundreds on a call. I talk to them. I let them know exactly what's up. I let them know about stuff. I give out bonuses with the refugees. I get on calls. I was on yesterday with all of the refugees that are doing the paintings, letting them know what's up, letting them know that I'm coming with a bag full of computers for them uh, after these auctions get off, um, you know, updating them on stuff like that. So um, I'm in the community all of the time. I'm in discord uh, with all of the workers. And we also have uh, one of our American counterparts with funny enough, I didn't mention her, but Rochelle, she's our chief talent officer. She is a master awesome. MTurk worker and she's been working on all kinds of different platforms, micro tasking platforms in the past. 
she has helped us greatly build out these systems and build out the, the, the worker relations. And like I said, it's worker first, not client first. So if we engage the, the workers, communicate with them greatly, treat them well and pay them well, the, the results are going to be huge. So that's what we emphasize on. And yeah, I'm, I'm like, I would say 60% of my time is just worker related with Rochelle, who's 100% of her time. She doesn't even sleep anymore uh, because of all the different time zones and workers. So that, yeah, so that's, um, yeah, that, that's how I engage with them. I, I want to be able to do that even when we get up into the millions. Hopefully the bandwidth of the internet will allow me to speak to millions all at the same time that are working on the platform. But that's where my greatest passion is, hearing about these people, seeing these people, communicating with these people and allowing them to jump on and gather these opportunities that we're building and and continue to to try to partner with people that that can can give them viable um, means of opportunity too so we're partnered with Ivan on tech with his Ivan on tech Academy for all of our refugees and all of our workers in our opportunity hubs um, so like we're going to Africa uh, with Acon that's another thing we're doing so these opportunity hubs that we're doing in Africa with Acon um, Ivan's involved there and everybody that participates get access to his academy and all of this teaching to, to kind of hopefully allow them to be able to leapfrog uh, a bunch of other people in the world that are tied up at jobs or, or, or doing whatever, you know? So um, yeah, it's the workforce first and, and that's how we engage with them. We have all kinds of different systems within the platform. So gamification is on effect for us. So we have leaderboards and badges, notifications and all of this stuff to keep them engaged on the platform, but also off the platform. I'm always there. And so is my team. And so is the community. So many of the people that join the community as workers or whatever, start to join our community. They get involved in our DAO. They start to vote and they talk about different things uh, like allocations to allow other workers and refugees into our DAO. So uh, the worker side of thing in the community is, uh, yeah, really, really the biggest part for me. Chris, before we wrap up, man, one of the questions we always like to ask everybody who comes on the show is uh, just curious to pick their crypto wallets and see what kind of other things people are collecting or tinkering with on the side that are like totally unrelated or outside of their current projects. Yeah, that's that's a personal question, man. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, man. This, is the, this actually, is the shakedown part of the uh, podcast. <laughs> uh, some some of my holdings are actually uh, a little bit private. No, um, okay. So I like the the private decentralized messaging team uh, Loki, who uh, uh, rebranded to Oxen. So they're a Monero fork. Uh, and have a private messaging app, which uh, I think that that's a great technical team and really smart guys. So I hold some Loki. Um, I hold a few of the coins in the top 10. Uh, just I've been holding them for the last couple of years. So finally, something's paying off there. Um, so yeah, I don't own any XRP. Never have, never will. Um, and <laughs> Fuck uh, XRP. <laughs> yes, I agree. Fuck XRP. Um, that whole project. Um, what else do I got here? Um, that's a good question, man. I'm not, I'm not, you want to know legitimately what I've been buying? Like legitimately what I've been buying with all of my extra cash over the last little while. And it's no joke because most projects and most teams are selling you tokens. Yeah. Don't be fooled. When you go onto the exchange, they are selling you their tokens. They're not buying. So not only are we buying for our clients, but I'm also personally buying. Um, I'm personally buying into this token often. And, and so is the founding team members. We also pay our uh, employees partially in uh, the EFX token. So they're hodling hard and, and believe in this project project as well. Um, so yeah, not to show my own stuff, but I'm buying a lot of EFX. I really feel that uh, we're a page one project. 
um, hashtag page one, 2021. Um, and, uh, what else do I got? Hold on. I want to give you some, obviously I, I have, I I've collected my 32 ETH uh, that I haven't staked yet. Um, but, but I have those guys that are, are doing very, very nicely right now. Any um, NFTs sitting in there uh, anywhere? I got some NFTs from Decentraland and I took part in, in a whole bunch of stuff there. I have uh, the biggest bid on one of our pieces on, uh, on, uh, on uh, super rare right now. I, I want the number one piece. So hopefully I don't get overbid there in the next couple of weeks. Um, man, I, I got some Zcash and Monero and stuff like that. Uh, what else do I got? Do I got anything interesting to say? I don't know. I don't follow it too much. Being my own project, I'm missing a lot of a lot of these these different projects. I, I have great hope and, and thoughts about Uniswap and especially SushiSwap being like for the community, by the community. I know it wasn't at first, but I, I would say watch out for that project. What I'm learning and researching from Uniswap um, is absolutely incredible. But I'm here to support all the decentralized projects, man, and uh, uh, like the real good tech teams that are building out the future of this stuff. And, and that's the only stuff that I will be, uh, you know, buying up and I'm not short term. I, I will never sell my Bitcoin. It goes to my daughter when she's 18 and that's about 15 years away. Um, I'm not selling my ETH. Like it's long-term game. Anything that I purchase, I'm not a trader anymore. I do not do trades. Uh, I put it in the piggy bank cause we are in the first inning. Um, I want to, to maybe play around in the seventh inning stretch. You know what I'm saying? So quite some time before, uh, before that, but yeah, I, I hold, it's funny. I hold actually a lot of stuff. I don't even know some of the stuff I have to go back like three years. I should actually clean it up and, uh, get it into the things that I believe in because some of the things are, are gone, but I've been so busy that I, I haven't been doing anything but buying, uh, things that I'm interested in. So sorry for the lack of the answer, man. I should have, I should have, yeah, man, I'm going to remember all of my like secret special tokens that I could have <laughs> pumped on the podcast. Uh, but, uh, I, I didn't, uh, remember, but yeah. Next time, man, this has been great. We'll just have to do it again sometime. You can, you can pull out all your secrets and pump the bags next time. <laughs> cool, totally. Definitely going to check out low key too. I have not heard of that project before, but I always love stumbling upon really cool, uh, niche projects. And real quick, before we wrap up, I just want to make sure to give you the opportunity to let folks know where they should be following Effect.ai, um, any upcoming initiatives they should be aware of. Just let the folks know before we sign off. Yeah, all the usual places, Discord, Telegram, you can you can hit me up in there. Um, certainly uh, Twitter to keep up to date on stuff. Register, subscribe, and click the bell on YouTube. Um, and uh, yeah, all the usual places, man. And yeah, the social initiative for the refugees. If you know a rich uncle that uh, wants to get into digital art, get him to post some Ethereum. We're, we're looking at a few Ethereum per piece, and we're sitting at about one per piece right now. So tell your rich uncles to jump onto Super Rare. Go to Effect Pieces and... Uh, uh, yeah, help some refugees out. There we go. Well, Chris, it was a fascinating conversation. I I can't wait to re-listen to this personally. There's so much that we talked about um, and so much for people to, to kind of dive into. So thank you again for being so generous with your time and keep on creating. Yes, awesome. I appreciate you guys very, very, very much. And uh, we'll, we'll be on your show whenever you request. And I promise to be on time next time. All good, brother. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. Chris. It's great. Thank dude. you so much. Hey, everyone. Matthew here. Thank you for listening to today's show. I just want to remind everyone of this month's sponsor, Whale Street. Whale Street is the DeFi engine that powers NFT economics on a massive scale. They make huge currency swaps happen, 
or whale swaps, as they're called, with very small slippage costs and without crashing the system. They also engineered the largest ever NFT bundle and fractionalized it into the historic B20 tokens. Whale Street is all about upside, so dip into the liquidity pools for rich rewards. For B20, join discord.com slash whale. That's discord.com slash W-H-A-L-E. And follow Whale Street on Twitter at Whale Street O-F-F-L. Thank you and see you next episode. Podcast. Podcast.